After all of that, it is finally game week for Wyoming football. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the latest edition of the Pokescast, production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I am Davis Potter, Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune, and it's good to be back. Uh, I know this podcast has been on a hiatus for the last few months. Uh, I think the last episode we recorded was back in May. So it's good to be with all of you guys again. Um, Of course, that was back when the COVID pandemic was in its infancy and nobody really knew what was coming next. Um, And we really wanted to uh, wait and see exactly, you know, when some Wyoming sports teams were going to get back to practicing, get back to competing, because we really wanted to get this podcast back on its regularly weekly schedule. And uh, that is the plan, because we have Wyoming football back, uh, and Mountain West football back. Uh, The league initially canceled the fall season amid the pandemic, only to reverse course on that decision and reinstate uh, a abbreviated eight-game conference-only schedule with a big assist from um, more rapid testing capabilities. Um, so we have Wyoming football. Uh, Wyoming basketball is getting ready for its season uh, in late November. Uh, but with Wyoming's first football game now just a day away, uh, we are going to devote this podcast solely to football. I don't think anybody will... Uh, have any issues with that. It has been a while since we have talked about any sort of Wyoming athletics, but particularly football. And I, for one, am glad to uh, be talking about it again. So um, let's just go ahead and dive into this. And first, I just wanted to talk a little bit about expectations for this Wyoming team and sort of where those stand going into the season. And are they any different? Then, you know, before the pandemic hit, or more specifically, uh, with some of the roster changes that the pandemic has created, and I really don't think so because this is a team again that has you know had so much momentum coming off of the end of last season with that Arizona Bowl win, uh, more than seventy percent of it's too deep coming back. Um, you've got one of, if not the best offensive line. Uh, in the Mountain West with four starters coming back and even uh, Frank Crum, who is going to fill in for the injured Alonzo Velasquez at right tackle this year. Um, even he started a handful of games when Velasquez was injured last year. So ton of experience up front. Uh, a loaded backfield again, headlined by the Mountain West's uh, reigning rushing leader and Xavier Valade. Of course, you have Trey Smith back, Titus Swin back, both of those guys coming back from injuries. And then most importantly, I think for this Wyoming offense is the return of their quarterback, Sean Chambers, who uh, was in a quarterback competition with Levi Williams uh, throughout fall camp, given how last season ended and the way Levi played uh, and really excelled in his first career start in that Arizona bowl win. We accounted for four touchdowns, but uh, Sean coming back from that knee injury uh, that cost him the last five games of last season, uh, you know, sort of regained his spot at the top of the depth chart at the beginning of camp and, and held that edge um, throughout. And obviously uh, we know what Wyoming can do on the ground and, and what they're capable of there. Uh, and, and like nobody is expecting Wyoming's philosophy to change, <laughs> 
Um, they're going to run the ball. Craig Bowl loves to run the ball. But obviously the, the big question for this offense, as it has been for the last couple of seasons, is can it be more efficient in the passing game? Can it take advantage of defense's aggressiveness and putting, you know, seven, eight, nine defenders in the box. And, and when they do that, uh, you know, basically daring Wyoming to beat them through the air. And again, it's not necessarily that Wyoming is going to throw more than it usually does, or that it's suddenly going to spread people out and, you know, throw the ball 40, 45 times a game. It's about being efficient in the passing game and making these teams pay again for, uh, you know, committing so many, defenders to the line of scrimmage and and when you do that you're obviously going to get more man coverage on the outside you're going to get one-on-one opportunities and you know can this offense just go out there and and make the, the routine plays when they're there can you know quarterbacks whether it's Sean or Le- Levi because both of them are obviously going to play this season um, Craig Bowl even said that going back to the beginning of this year where he said the plan was to play both of them that's still the plan they're both going to get in the game. Exactly what that's going to look like, we don't know. But um, can they balance out this offense and make it where Wyoming isn't so one-dimensional uh, on that side of the ball? Um, receivers and quarter, the quarterbacks have talked a lot about how you know they took it upon themselves to get together for a lot more throwing sessions this summer. Uh, you know when they were able to a lot more than they usually do. Uh, to try to work on that timing, that chemistry. Um, You know, with with Sean, a lot of it has been mechanics and and his footwork to help some of that accuracy. Um, So this is a a, a team and and an offense that's that's really worked on trying to become more multidimensional. That's really been an emphasis uh, in fall camp, according to um, players and coaches that we, we've talked to, because of course we have, we in the media have not been able to see Wyoming practice. Everything has been closed down because of the pandemic. Um, so we've really had to go off the word of mouth. And what the word is that you know th- this has really been an emphasis in fall camp, and they really have they, they've taken this to heart because the quarterbacks, as receivers, that they've heard some of the unflattering chatter, they've heard some of the criticism about. Um, you know how Wyoming just can't get it done in the passing game, and how they're how they're really not a threat in that area. If you take away Wyoming's run game, they, uh, you know, you, you stop Wyoming's offense essentially, which has really been the case the last couple of seasons, particularly against the better defenses that Wyoming has played. Um, you know, when the, the Boise States and the Air Forces and the Utah States and some of those teams have been able to take away. Uh, the ground game, Wyoming really hasn't had a plan B, and we saw that at the end of last year uh, where they went through that November gauntlet and, uh, you know, really didn't, the only game they won was Colorado State at home uh, and lost to Air Force and Boise State and Utah State. And, uh, you know, in games where more multidimensional offense would have probably helped them pull those games out because Wyoming had a championship caliber defense last season. They, they were in so many close games where they just could not produce enough offense to, to, to make a difference, to get that extra touchdown. Uh, you know, cause a lot of these games were, were one possession games uh, that they lost last season to some of the better teams on their schedule. So that is the question on offense. And that's Something um, I'm going to be looking for, and I think a lot of a, a lot of fans are going to be watching closely once Wyoming kicks this thing off on Saturday. 
on the defensive side of the ball, I think that may be the biggest question mark for Wyoming right now, which I can't believe I'm saying, and I wasn't saying five months ago. But I think the way that the offseason has transpired uh, for Wyoming's defense, just in terms of the amount of attrition, um, you know, that that's something that's – uh, obviously going to be a factor this season for Wyoming. And uh, you, you still feel good about the secondary because you've got a, a ZZ Herm back. You've got C.J. Colden coming back at corner, Keon Blankenbaker at the nickel spot. And even with Elijah Halliburton being out of eligibility, uh, you got two seniors that are taking over that, those safety spots and Asaya Scandy and Braden Smith who've played a lot of football. Uh, linebacker. Uh, obviously some significant attrition with Logan Wilson and Cash Malawia uh, off to the NFL now. Uh, but Chad Moom is a guy that they've been grooming uh, to take over in the middle for, for Logan. They, they tapped him early in the offseason as, as the guy to take over at that middle linebacker spot. And, you know, as, as their main backup last year at both linebacker spots, uh, he finished as the Cowboys' sixth leading tackler. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that he is uh, the caliber of, of player that Logan Wilson uh, is at this point, um, and, and particularly with with the versatility, I think there's a difference right now because uh, Logan was so good in pass coverage, and you're not really sure what you're going to get from Chad in that aspect. But in terms of getting sideline to sideline, um, stopping the run, making plays in, in that way, um, you know, he's going to have to make a lot of those plays for Wyoming. But, um, you know, that's sort of what they expect from from Chad at this point. Uh, the defensive line is a different story uh, because I don't think there is a position group on Wyoming's team that's been more affected by mass attrition uh, than that group up front has. You know, you lose Josiah Hall and Javari Jackson off last year's defense, and then four of the five opt-outs uh, are on the defensive line. Uh, you know, no Mario Mora at nose tackle this season, um, no Solomon Bird at defensive end, uh, who was almost certainly going to take over as a starter opposite Garrett Crawl uh, at that position. Uh, after leading Wyoming in, in sacks last year. And then uh, you lose two key depth guys in Claude Cole and Davin Wells-Ross um, th- that had a little bit of, of experience and had been part of the rotation uh, last season. Those guys are no longer around. You are getting Ravante Holt back at defensive tackle, but he's coming off th- that ACL surgery and has not played a game in a year. And, and, and to hear Craig Bowl talk about it in, in, in fall camp, uh, sounds like Ravante didn't do a whole lot of, of contact work uh, as he worked his way back. So not really sure what he's going to look like, uh, you know, coming you know, or not having played a game in a year. And by the way, Garrett Crawl uh, is not going to make the trip to Reno uh, as he recovers from that uh, foot injury that he has. So the group's going to look a lot different on Saturday, a lot more youth, a lot more inexperience, and Wyoming is going to have to have – uh, those guys develop in a hurry. You know, they, they've moved Victor Jones from defensive tackle out to defensive end for the time being. And, you know, a redshirt freshman, Jalen Pate, is currently at the top of the depth chart at the other defensive end spot and is in line to make his first career start on Saturday. Um, so that's where things currently stand uh, as I record this Thursday night. Uh, but as we all know during this COVID era, Everything is tentative. Everything is subject to change. Uh, you know, players that are available this week may not be available next week. 
Um, you know, there may be some players that were on the depth chart on Monday who may not even be available for Saturday's game, depending on how Wyoming's COVID testing has gone this week. Um, they are doing their last round of COVID testing on Thursday before flying out on Friday. Um, and, you know, Wyoming is not telling us or telling the media who may not be available for, for games or what those test results look like. But one thing that is uh, that I wanted to note is that the, the Mountain West did uh, release its roster thresholds for games to possibly be canceled, uh, just depending on positive tests and, and, and contact tracing. You know, if, if a team ends up having less than 53 players available or a certain number of players unavailable at certain positions, um, they could cancel the game. Also, if, if, a, if a team has a positivity rate of 7.5% uh, in the week leading up to a game, that game could also be canceled. Uh, so just a few things to keep in mind as – as these teams try to navigate playing a season amid a pandemic. But I think for Wyoming, they should still be a Mountain West title contender. I think some of that goes back to their schedule too. And I think it's even more advantageous now because they're no longer playing San Diego State. Mountain West instead gave Wyoming Hawaii in San Diego State's place. Um, So now you don't have to play San Diego State. Uh, you still get uh, Boise State at home, uh, Utah State at home, Air Force at home, uh, and now Hawaii at home too. Those are your four home games. Uh, the, your other road games are UNLV, New Mexico, and Colorado State, all very winnable games. Um, so from that aspect, you have that going for you if, if you're Wyoming still. So you know, I still think Wyoming should probably win a lot of games this season. I think it's just going to be a little bit different in how they go about doing it because you always expect a Craig Bowl coach team to play good defense. But this defense was elite the last two or three years, uh, ranking you know the top fifty and even top twenty five in, in a lot of uh, statistical categories. And last year, of course, they were they were top fifteen in in points allowed and rushing yards allowed. And when you have this much attrition, I think it's only natural to take a step back. Uh, when you just when you lose that much experience, you lose that much production. I still think Wyoming is going to be a, a defense that finishes in the top half of the conference. But there is a clear expectation for this offense to be more multidimensional and to score more points in order to help this defense out some. And Craig Bowles has been very clear about that. He's been adamant that. You know, he'll be disappointed if this Wyoming offense is not able to score more points this season, and it should be able to, and I think it will because of the experience that it has coming back on that side of the ball. So we'll see, at least right now, what this looks like on Saturday. But again, I think all of this is also relative as the season goes on based on what your roster looks like and what players are available each week. Let me go ahead and take a break there, and then when we come back on the other side, we will dive more into this matchup between Wyoming and Nevada.
Welcome back into the postcast, and now we're going to look a little closer at this Wyoming-Nevada matchup. Uh, you know, as much preseason love as Wyoming seemed to get, Nevada is also a team with a lot of buzz uh, around it right now. They won three of their last four games of the regular season last year to uh, make their second straight bowl game under Coach Jay Norvell. Uh, they were actually picked in the Mountain West preseason poll back before the league initially postponed the season. They were picked to finish second in the West Division. Uh, of course, the Conference has done away with divisions this year as part of the unbalanced schedule, but this is a Nevada team that sort of has uh, championship aspirations of its own. Uh, you know, the offense, uh, they run a version of the air raid, so obviously they they like to, uh, like to throw the ball. Uh, but I think this is a game, you know, more than most, that it's probably going to be one at the line of scrimmage. Um, I mentioned the... The passing game for Nevada, you know, they've got a lot of experience on that side of the ball. And really, in general, this is a really veteran team for Nevada. They have their starting quarterback back in Carson Strong, who threw for more than 2,300 yards as a freshman last season. It's actually the second most passing yards of any uh, returning quarterback in the Mountain West. Uh, and, and they've got some guys on the outside um, that that are, are, are really threats um, uh, to, to stretch the defense. Uh, Their two leading receivers combined for 12 touchdown receptions last season. Um, so obviously a big key uh, to disrupting any sort of passing game, particularly in, in, the, in an air raid system, is playing some sort of zone concepts more than man and coverage, but also just creating pressure up front. And I think that's going to be one of the matchups to watch in this game because you know we, we've talked about the attrition that Wyoming has has had up front. Uh, you got no Garrett Crawl for this game. You have no Solomon Bird. Uh, where does that pass rush come from in, in, in your front four if you're Wyoming? Because I don't think Wyoming really has a proven pass rusher at this point. And you know it's going to be interesting to see how Wyoming's defense and their and their first year coordinator Jay Savell, you know how they approach this. Because I think if if you're not generating any pressure with your front four and Carson Strong has all day to sit back there and survey the field, uh, you know, it could be a long day for Wyoming's uh, secondary. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if they come up with some some different pressure packages, uh, you know, if they have to blitz a lot and bring, you know, uh, guys from the second and even the third level of the defense to, to generate pressure uh, and play more man uh, on the back end of that. Uh, you know, now there, there may be some, some of these, you know, other guys, some of these young guys sort of emerge on Saturday over the course of a game, uh, as, as, as pass rushers, uh, and as guys that can get to the quarterback or maybe Wyoming can, can sit back more, but, uh, you know, you, you can't let this Nevada passing a game just pick you apart. So, um, you know, they're going to have to find different ways to, to generate pressure. Uh, and then offensively for Wyoming, as I mentioned earlier, there, there are still plans to to play both uh, Sean Chambers and Levi Williams at quarterback. Uh, obviously, Craig Bull and, and Brent Vegan, the offensive coordinator, um, have not given the media any sort of, of indication as to exactly what that's going to look like. They're not tipping their hand in that aspect. Uh, Brent, uh, Brent did say that they're probably going to uh, script the first half for each of those quarterbacks and then and then play it by ear at that point. But at some point, I mean, if, if either Sean or Levi is in a rhythm and, and is hot, so to speak, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you can 
you know, continue to do more of a quarterback rotation. Um, now, Brent did also say that, you know, they don't plan to really rotate them, you know, play by play and, and series by series. Um, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about that is that their, their skill sets are, are somewhat similar. Now, Sean's obviously a very dynamic runner. I mean, they're, they're, I don't think there's another quarterback like him in the Mountain West in terms of uh, what he brings in terms of the totality of his skill set with, uh, you know, the way he can run the ball. Um, but Levi showed last season that he's able to run the ball as well. I mean, he played only three games, but averaged right at 60 yards a game rushing. You know, so uh, they both have that ability. So you're not really going to have to change the playbook a whole lot. You're not going to have to really change your calls or, or even, uh, you know, tip your calls to the defense, depending on which quarterback is in the game. But obviously you're going to have, uh, that that safety valve and and, and Xavier Valade and that running game, um, you know that that's been so good for them in recent seasons. Another matchup to watch is this veteran Wyoming offensive line against what's also a veteran Nevada defensive line, and in particular on the interior of of Nevada's defensive line is where they sort of excel. Um, their defensive tackle Don Peterson is one of the more disruptive defensive linemen in the Mountain West. Uh, he had, I think, 15 tackles for loss and nine sacks last season as a defensive tackle. It's the most of any returning player uh, in the Mountain West in both of those categories. So, um, you know, they'll have to know where he is at all times. You know, you also have one of the best centers in the Mountain West in Keegan Kreider that will be uh, responsible for for blocking him uh, a lot of the game and will, will draw the assignment on him a lot. And so I think, you know, if this Wyoming offensive line can sort of neutralize what Nevada has on in the interior of their line, I think they'll they'll be able to uh, move the ball and score some points. Again, Wyoming and Nevada on Saturday at 5 o'clock Mountain Time from Mackey Stadium in Reno. Um, I will be on site in Nevada. So uh, if you can't watch the game for whatever reason, we will have a live game thread at trib.com and pokesauthority.com. So make sure to check that out. And for any coverage that you may have missed this week and, and for all of our post-game coverage after Saturday's game, make sure to go to trib.com and pokesauthority.com. I'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Uh, a couple notes uh, before I get out of here. Um, we're going to try to do some different things with this podcast throughout the season and, and you know bring on some different guests. And then a feature we're adding as part of our football coverage this year is a rapid reaction podcast that will publish the morning after each Wyoming football game uh, where I will react to what happened on Wyoming's game the previous day and and sort of analyze and, and break down what I saw. So be on the lookout for that. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Pokes Authority. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter. Thank you guys as always for listening and I'll catch up with you guys next week.